Hello! Welcome to The Fandom Show. Before we get started today, we want to tell you about something really fun that we're doing. Uh, we have a Patreon, which you may or may not know about, at uh, patreon.com forward slash The Fandom Show. Uh, and we have just started recently a patron-exclusive podcast called The Fan Club. Uh, our Patreon, uh, from $1.50 a month, you can subscribe and get things like exclusive uh, opportunities for hot takes. You can get our nerds letter, or you can get a part of this The Fan Club podcast. At the highest tier, you get The Fan Club, which is our other, uh, with, which is our podcast that we do only for our patrons. And in it, we talk about the things that we are currently fanning out about, um, which we do not generally talk about on the show. Um, they're not our micro fandoms. They're not our macro fandoms. They're our mid- mid fan Mid-tier fandoms. Anyway, <laughs> we, we go deep into something that we are fanning out about. For instance, our first episode is about Jeopardy, and we take the Jeopardy quiz. Um, spoiler alert, we're not going to be on Jeopardy, um, but if you want to hear us try, um, uh, that's the kind of thing we're going to do on that podcast, um, so you can check that out um, by subscribing to our Patreon. Yeah, and the moment you subscribe, you get access to all of the back episodes. Right now, we have three out. We're about to have four by the time you are listening to this. Um, if you uh, can't afford to do that, that's A-OK, -okay, but uh, we have lots of different tiers, and if you subscribe as a patron, uh, we want to thank you on the show. Today, we're thanking Adam with no last name. Thanks, Adam. Um, you know which one you are. You Adam. know which Adam. Um, and Che Baines, thank you so much to the both of you for supporting the podcast. You really make it possible for us to do what we're doing. So thank you so much. And if you can't uh, help us out monetarily, you're actually doing the very greatest support you can of us, which is just listening. So thank you thank so you. much. And now for our episode. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I am Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Malley. And today we are talking about the show that is the comfort, the show that is, has, the show that Steph insisted on playing the theme song for with her melodica, which she is doing right now, because the theme song is so iconic that you know exactly what we're talking about. It's... The Office. Yeah, The Office. Was wow. that worth it, Steph? Yes. I'm so... Honestly, it's the only song I know how to play on melodica. Uh, even then, it's, it's not good. But I basically have a melodica for that song alone. I, I thought, you know what? I'll make a joke while you're playing the melodica. I'll just see what comes to mind. And then as it turns out, nothing did. You because I was so just amazed like... by my beautiful <laughs> melodic tone, the dulcet tones That's of right. my screechy instrument. That's right. Um, we were listening to that theme song in the car over. Uh, car ride over. And it it slaps. It slaps. It's, it's got a very good bass line. It's got yeah. As soon as the drums come in, up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're talking about the office we're today. About the office, the U.S. version of the office, not Kaya. the British, but sometimes no. the British. But we we'll, we'll touch on the British, we'll but touch not a the little British. bit. But this is focused on. Well, the British is also only one season, uh, and Correct. this we have, I believe, nine seasons yes. of the office. Kaya, what do you know about the office TV show? It takes place in an office, um, <laughs> and <laughs> in that office are workers. workers Workers doing office work. Those office workers in this office. Kaya, you've seen this show. What are you doing? <laughs> I watched this show with you. Yes, which I had to remind you of this morning. So That's don't true. pretend That's that true. this is the, that I'm not uh, on top of this. Yes. Okay. So the office is about a group of office workers, um, the their manager, um, and all of the day to day nonsense that they get up to, whether that's pranks or just being crucially bored or uh, HR managers or fire drills or whatever mundane thing is happening. But it's mostly 
mostly about the uh, people you hate at work um, and how you, I guess, kind of grow to love them over time. Um, Steph, what do you know about The Office? I have seen The Office so many times. Uh, I've watched it through, I'd probably say at least four or five times at this point. Um, and every time I've watched it, I have different feelings about The Office, which is very fun. Uh, because obviously, as you grow as a person, things hit you differently based on how you see the world. Uh, I will say I was gifted the first three seasons of The Office uh, as a parting gift from an office job. That was a friggin' nightmare. Uh, and I was like, you don't know how accurate of a gift you've just given me. Maybe so they did. Thank you so much, company. I will not name, but you know who you are. Um, <laughs> Did yeah. you have a Michael in your life? Uh, a bit. They were worse. They were more narcissistic. They're and always less, worse. Less fun, My, Michael is a outlier, I feel, in the world of bad managers. Absolutely. He's a different tier of a manager. Um, but yeah, I, I know a fair amount about The Office. I'm excited to talk about it. I have... Just a lot of feelings about it. But you know who knows way more than either of us about The Office? Is it our guest today? It is our guest. Oh, it's thank guest. God. Uh, Otherwise, that would be bad. It would be really <laughs> awkward. Um, Amanda Pereira is a Toronto-based actor, writer, comedian, and podcaster. Her podcast, Liquid Courage, won the Canadian Podcast Award for Outstanding Debut of a Series. Woo! And she is currently developing her own mockumentary comedy series called Beck and Call. So clearly, The Office really did have an impact on her. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi you two. Okay, that theme song playing that you did, <laughs> my mouth has never been so agape. Yes. That was such a beautiful surprise. It was worth it. Oh my God, that was amazing. Yes. And I've been surrounded, like I've, I feel like I've dived into an ocean of the office out of pure panic that I won't be prepared enough <laughs> for today. So even just hearing the theme song just now, like I almost cried a little. Oh, I'm so happy to be Bless. here. Thanks for having me. There's oh. a no amount of prepared that you need to be. Your Great. enthusiasm is all you need. Oh, then I'm so prepared. Then you are so yeah. prepared. I'm so you, prepared. Think of it this way. You've been training years for this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God there's like a reason, you know? Thank God all those hours of watching the office and like listening to podcasts about the office. Thank God now I'm like, see, there was a reason for me to do all of yeah, that. Yeah, I genuinely feel like that's part of this is that like <laughs> as as I became an adult and Buffy became like something that factored into my life, I was like, see, see, all those years that you were like, all you want to do is watch Buffy was for a reason. And totally. that's, that's how all of this came to be. Yeah. So you are absolutely right. You were right to do all of those hours. <gasps> Thanks, Kaya. You're I know welcome. if you go back and show like the training montage, it's a little more boring than a typical <laughs> training <laughs> montage. It's just, it's just shots of you me changing on positions. my bed with my dog. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like the clothes eh. change from yeah, one to one. Yeah, and maybe I roll onto my left side Ooh, sometimes. But it's still playing like Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> the whole way through. I was like, oh, she needs to get up and walk around. That's way too yeah. amped just for too what is happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. This is our sports. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I say that all the time about my like any of my shows are like reality TV. I'm like, this, I think I talk about this, how people talk about sports. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's yeah. yeah, Yeah. I've always felt that fandom. way about the Oscars. That's my that's my mm. Super Bowl. Even though like sometimes I don't even really care about the movies so much, it's still just fun to see pop culture go head to head. Yeah. Yes. Even though yeah, that's yeah. not how art should work. Anyway, this is not the part. <laughs> Competitive art. <laughs> this is not the point. Um, okay. The Office. How would you explain The Office to somebody who somehow knows absolutely nothing about it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Okay. I. <laughs> I would say The Office is an American mockumentary style workplace comedy that is about the everyday lives of the people who work at a mid-level paper company yeah. called Dunder Mifflin, Mifflin, called Dunder Mifflin <laughs> in Scranton, Pennsylvania. 
Perfect. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it's hard kind of like, I feel like when you describe a show, often you include the main cast, but it's hard because it's a, it's an ensemble cast. So there's so many people that play such a big role in the DNA of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of follows their everyday lives and it mostly follows them at work and not their lives outside of work. Yeah. Yes. But just as the seasons go on, it kind of shows more of outside, but mostly at, at work. That's a feature I always liked that they were pretty disciplined about that because yeah. it's very easy to be like, uh, and then we'll follow this plot line where they have to go home. They almost never did that unless it was like a work function outside of work. Exactly. Or yeah. it impacted a work dynamic totally. where mm -hmm. they like sneak behind them with the camera that you're not supposed to know they're there. Yeah, but yeah. very rarely did they do it and I kind of liked that. Yeah, yeah, I think it really, I think it was so smart and I'm sure it was intentional, but it's such a key like point of the DNA of the show that yeah. it's, you know, because as writers, you might think like, oh, let's go out. This is boring. Let's find something outside of the office. But that's the whole point. It's the Monday every day. Like, you got to stay at work. Even if you want to write something outside, nope. Yep. It's nope. got to be at work. That's the point of the show. Yep. You're still there. Super fun. Yeah. Eight hours a day. Every single yep. day for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, oh, God, I've lived that. Um, trauma. Uh, so how did you, what is your origin story with this? How did you become a super fan of The Office? Oh, yeah. Okay. So in elementary school, or maybe grade nine, I started watching um, the British version of The Office. Right. And loved it. A friend of mine had like the DVD set. I think it was her parents. Bless. And we would just go through, every weekend, we would just like go through that DVD set. And so when people mentioned the US version, I was very like, ugh, no. Not I'm be too as good. good for that. Yeah, ew, Americans coming in and remaking something that's literal perfection. I will never watch that. And then <laughs> I watched the pilot and I was like, oh, this is such a copy, but well, worse. Because it was literally almost scene for scene the same show. Absolutely. And yep. like intentionally so. Like they made it exactly the same, which is tough for people who loved the British one, I think, because it was like, okay, so am I just going to watch Americans do the same thing? But a this bit without dumber? Accent? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, meh. And then, and season two is kind of where they, they like Americanized it sort of. But yeah. I was very against watching it. I felt like I was betraying, I was going to say my people. Like they're not my people <laughs> at all. But I felt. Culture. Like, culture. I was like, no. And then honestly, I think maybe it just like someone was watching it or it was on Netflix and I was bored. And it was one of those where I let myself watch more than just the pilot. And I was very quickly hooked. I'm like, yeah. okay, never mind. And I think it has a little bit more of my like optimistic. I hate saying this, but maybe my heart is a little more American style than British style. I mean, Brit British comedy is very bleak. Yeah. yeah. It's very dry, very yeah. cold. The sun doesn't come out over there. No. So, they don't yeah. need happy endings. They don't need to tie it yeah. up with a bow. No. And I always thought, yeah, I love that rock and roll. And maybe I'm a little more like kindergarten teacher than I thought. Maybe <laughs> I like the bows. I mean, there is nice to have a little optimism and yeah. hope in the yeah. world. I think there's I think there's room for both. Yeah. Um, but I think what The Office turned into was such a comfort show for so many people that Absolutely. I can see why the bows ended up being nice. Yeah. I feel like nine seasons of no bows <laughs> would maybe get a little bit like, right. why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to quit. Watch. I want to quit. Uh, I want to quit life at yeah. that point. Like, <laughs> oof, hard to done. watch. Probably be hard to write. Probably be hard to act in for that long. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, I think that show did a great job of like staying true to the original but becoming its own. I agree. Yeah. And I think the British version 
didn't need nine seasons. It's no. the perfect amount. Yeah. Like, I think it, it's beautiful in its own. So I allowed space for there to be, like, fraternal twins rather yeah. than picking an identical twin that yeah. I loved more, you know? I think yeah. that's a big part of culture now as people do remakes and spinoffs and all of these different things for just about everything that there is. It's just understanding they all exist separately. Yeah. That they don't all have to be the yeah. same thing. I like yeah. to think of it as putting on a play more than once. Like, nobody's mad that you don't get the original Hamlet because it's like, well, that's not <laughs> right. possible. So it's just like everybody doing their own interpretation of the same thing. Yeah, right? and it's not ruining it. Like, no. I think a lot of people, that I mean, <laughs> myself included, rewind like two seconds ago when I just said the U.S. <laughs> 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 ruin it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's this... In some way, it feels like maybe it takes away from the original, but I don't think that has to be the case. That still exists. Yeah. We don't have to have the scarcity complex. We don't have to compete yeah. against each other for everything. We can just have different versions of things and have different expressions of things. Yeah. So, Iterations. We can yeah. play multiple. I love it. Yeah. France. Make and make the office. Let's have every country make the office. Like, I'll watch blind, it. Yeah. Let's just office. RuPaul's oh, Drag Race. Hi. Is this, oh, is this a bonus episode a bonus on Love is Blind? I'm so prepared. <laughs> it has turned into a bonus episode in the first 10 minutes of the regular episode. Oh, God. It's Inception. Um, okay. Cool. So what do you think made it work uh, like in that changeover? Because it was originally British and it was very different. Um, not very different, but different enough in mm-hmm. that, like, Ricky Gervais was. Yeah, the manager was extremely different. Because you really mm-hmm. did hate David? Was David. it David? Yeah, the David. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also was a Ricky Gervais fan at the time. Yeah. Uh, on the fence now. Um, but <laughs> It's uh, a hard one to know quite where you're landing with him. Yeah, yeah. it's like some days I'm like, yeah, you, you've done good stuff, but also please stop making jokes about trans people. Um, <laughs> I know, it's like, god damn. And then he'll say something and you're like, oh, okay, are you in on the joke? Oh, no, you're no, not in you're on not. the joke. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. just one of those things where I've, I've been like, you know what, let's drift apart. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Which is, was it a conscious <laughs> okay. separation? What? Yeah, exactly. Conscious, conscious uncoupling. Yeah. Conscious, conscious uncoupling. uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling. Exactly. I like and that's Ricky. great. I love it. Precisely. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you think was it that worked so well when they turned it over? Because like it does become its own creature. Mm-hmm. So what do you think makes the American one so unique and so freestanding? I think that, sadly, American culture, as well as, like, just North American culture, can really relate to feeling like you have to get a job, even if you don't love it, that work is Mm. an obligation. Yes. And that your passion is for after work and on weekends. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that the people that you work with, you unfortunately end up spending more time with than even your family or your loved yeah. ones. So we are a family here kind of exactly. philosophy. And not choosing a family and like you're going to be here and you're going to sludge it out and you're kind of at the um, – like – I wanted to say you're at the beck and call, and because you read my bio, I'm like, that sounds like a plug, and now I'm panicking for another at word. At the mercy. At the mercy. Thank you so much, Steph. That you're at the mercy of other people dictating how your life's going to be. Like, your manager is going to decide whether you're there till 9 p.m. or you're there till 5 p.m. So I feel like it was cathartic, in a way, to watch that. And that would have been the same with the British version, but I think for Americans, like, they need hope. They need, like, the American dream. And so that kind of tweak in the American version of the show, we're like, no, you can find love at work. And look, like, you can leave your job for your dreams or those little tweaks that they made it a bit more optimistic, I think really resonated and kind of gave people their own sense of hope a bit. Like, I'm not stuck in this job forever. I can have more. It just will be in a while. Yeah. And after some will they, won't they. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it did a really good job of reframing for people. You are stuck there and jobs can be misery, but then finding the little bits of joy and fun in the day-to-day and in the mundanity of 
your life and you're just like, well, this is actually the guy from accounting. That guy's a friggin' character. He drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, you can find a little bit of optimism and fun in your own day to day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's particularly what, one thing I really like about it is it really humanizes the people that you kind of dismiss mm. a yeah. lot as being full people who have like wants and likes and feelings. Yes. Um, yeah. Even if you make fun of them mercilessly, it's like they're still a person with feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually read this article that was interesting too that was saying like, so the office found out that they had way a way younger audience demographic than they actually thought mm, that they would have. Yeah. And it was like, and it was especially because there was this whole launch when the first video iPod came out, like they had a content deal with like Apple with oh, NBC. Man, I remember so, that. Yeah. So they made available a bunch of the episodes of The Office. Oh. And so when the video iPod launched, what they were finding in the first couple of weeks was like people were paying to download episodes of The Office that they could watch for free on TV. And the <gasps> people who were buying them were like high school students. So the creators of The Office were like, what? First of all, they're paying for content that they could watch for free that people are not watching enough because we are on the verge of getting canceled wow. and really young people. And so kind of thinking about like why these young people might be so drawn towards it. They were in a generation, and I feel similarly, I don't know if you two feel this way, where, where I kind of got the message like, find your passion and make that your career. Like go after your dreams. Oh, you know? absolutely. Millennials. Oh. Millennials. Yeah, yeah. Millennials exactly. got the it's like. It's why we're broken. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. why we're here today. You know, <laughs> we're doing what we love. Yeah. The right way to live life is to follow your passions at all uh, costs, even yeah. if it is frustrating or hurts you. Um, even if you can't afford the dentist, yeah. you know. Exactly. So it kind if you of. Don't, you did it wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so for those young, for those like millennials watching this they were not connecting in that way. They were like, oh, this is a whole other world of people or this is what I feel like in school. So they kind of had like a whole other way of being able yeah, to look at it, yeah. which I just thought was really interesting because I would, if I was pitching that show, I would not say it's for high school students. No. I've That's noticed a phenomena of like people who are too young for shows loving the shows. Mm -hmm. Like I, there's always a thing where like, teenagers that are too young for something I notice are often a big part of the fan ba base for something it's just very interesting that yes. people always want to watch just above their what's aimed at them well, that makes you a yeah. grown up exactly yeah yeah you're like on the inside be like do you know about this grown-up show that I watch <laughs> oh my god yeah I don't know I've just noticed that happens a lot of like teenagers watching something just above what's aimed at them yeah. interesting uh, so this show was a phenomena, a bit of a phenomena that launched the mockumentary sitcom. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think made people so addicted to that format? Oh, because it was so different, I think. And it broke that fourth wall in a way that I think like felt really cool stylistically. The classic Jim looking at the camera. Oh, like, constant. Is it all... Little, little smirky smirks. Smarmy yeah. little face. Yeah. He's good yeah. at him. He's good at him. It kind of blended like reality with scripted television, but it was like safe reality because it wasn't real. And mm. listen, come at me and tell me reality TV isn't real and I don't want to talk to you. But <laughs> it just blended those worlds, I think, a little bit. And it, I think it made it feel even more like it was in your living room. Yeah. Like, oh, look, this camera found this. Look what we found. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah, it almost felt like at times you shouldn't be watching. Like it's a little naughty when they're filming like through the blinds of a window or something. Yeah. So, yeah, they're I think. getting extra think, snippets of the story. Yeah, yeah. Like a little voyeuristic but with consent. Yeah. Loved it. It's also such a good way. And I, 
I say this having tried to write uh, mm. workplace comedies in two different ways, in the mockumentary and non-mockumentary way. It's a joke machine. Oh, like, yeah. You, it's such a good way to depict boring scenarios because <laughs> you can cut through all of the, like, narrative necessities of, like, but what time is it? Are we following that? You can just cut all of that stuff and have someone in an interview being like, this happened, and then you move on. Done. Right? Totally. And so you it's so efficient. Every yeah. unique character's perspective on a thing because every – even if it's the most mundane thing, like we just got a paper delivery, every single person in that room has a different feeling about that moment. Yes. And you can mine that so effectively. And too. you can yeah. you can get those perspectives even if they in no way would ever say that to their boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? You can still kind of pull that out and find all of those like subtleties. I just think it's such a good format. Oh, yeah. That's the reason. I mean, when, when my writing partner and I were trying to decide what kind of comedy we wanted to write, we also – it's also like such a cheap way, like an oh, inexpensive man. way because if it looks bad, oh, we meant to do that. It has yeah. to sound good. But I agree with you. It's also great like – if you have someone saying, di- a character saying dialogue in a scene, like that feels forced, but I really want the audience to know that. Exactly what you're saying, Steph. It's like, okay, great. We'll have them say it in a talking head interview. Like yeah. that's totally natural. The director, I'm using air quotes, yeah. director, um, ask them that exact question. So they have to share how they feel. So yeah. it's such a great way, especially in comedy when maybe people aren't always pouring their hearts out. You yeah. can just have them exactly say how they feel about a situation and cut through so much time. It's it's so great. Yeah. Absolutely. And blow lines are like so chef's kiss easier with a talking head so much easier it's so fun it's it is a machine for comedy that format it's so 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 good all right i'm i'm excited for our next question i'm jumping into it uh because uh this is an amazing cast of this show and obviously a bunch of ensemble characters that are phenomenal we don't have time to go into every single one i wish but instead uh we've got four questions Mm -hmm. who do you love the most oh who do you relate to the most who would you trust with your life and who do you hate the most? Okay, so that's what's coming. First thing, who do you love the most? Who do you love the most? Okay. Just so you can focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I want us all to say, because we all have oh, 100%. About this. Oh, yeah. this is great. So if anyone has one right off the bat, please feel free who they I love the most. I love Andy. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah. What a stupid, dumb, dumb, good-hearted little man. For those who don't know. Uh, Andy comes in later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a salesman from another branch. Um, and he is just, I think, Ed, it's just Ed Helms. Because Ed, Ed Helms has played this character in multiple shows at this point. Of just, he's so excited. He's so mm-hmm. earnest, but also has a weird anger streak to him that yeah. just like the person who's trying so hard to be positive all the time but has this undercurrent of like negativity that later deals with but him going he he has a moment where he snaps because of his own recorded version of Rock and Robin <laughs> which he made into his ringtone yeah. they hid his phone cuz he was being so annoying and he just snaps and it's just something about that moment i love that character so much and i weirdly uh, relate to I was andy say, relatable i relate to andy <laughs> I just, you're trying so hard to be a good, nice person in the world, but also the world's hard and mean, and sometimes that gets to you, and that's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I also, love Andy I love Ed Helms so much. I know. When a sweet person, or who you think is a sweet person and a sweet character, like, behaves badly, they get, they just have more clout to behave badly, yeah. and then it's fun to watch them yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, I'm trying to think outside of the main people, because I think, like, Michael and Dwight, I just, like, love with my whole heart. I think if I go outside of that core. I love Gabe. I love oh, Zach yeah. Woods. Like Gabe, I'm such a good. fan. And Gabe is such, he's a character who just gets punched metaphorically constantly. Like it just like. But in a different way than Toby. 
Yes, yes. Toby's it, also it a character so gets true. punched a bunch in the show. Toby. I love great, Toby so, so much. Good. I would be yeah. the Toby. Yeah, you you have a strong Toby energy. Absolutely. <laughs> Toby guys, energy. No, guys, we can't do th- Guys. Please don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think Gabe would probably be uh, one of my favorites, for sure. Amazing. Love Gabe. Yeah, just the fact that he just gets called so many na- Like People are just grossed out by him. <laughs> and I love that. Even, like, his, he dates Aaron, who's played by Ellie Kemper. Yeah. And even her being like, no, trying to figure out whether she wants to break up with him or not. And she's like, no, like, I love him. But, like, I just, I get disgusted when you touch me. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, a hug. Like, and when a character, like, hugged him goodbye, they went, ugh. Yeah. I think it was Kelly Kapoor, like, played by Mindy Kaling. Yeah. I think she hugged him and went, Oh, and he's like, you don't have to make that sound. She's like, I just didn't expect you to be so bony. Like it was just. <laughs> so I think that's a character. I just, I could watch like a whole show with Zach Woods. Oh, amazing. That character, yeah. Okay, so that's love. Um, do you have one that you love? Toby. Okay, great. Yeah. Toby. Um, okay. Who do you relate to the most? Oh, I relate to like if Michael and Andy had a baby, and <laughs> I don't want that. I want to be. I took. I thought maybe you'd ask me who I am. So I took so many BuzzFeed quizzes, like maybe <laughs> seven, just because I was like, I, I don't know. I had such a hard time choosing. And then I asked my partner. I asked my best friend. I'm a Michael and an Andy. I wish I didn't want people's approval so much, but it's just, it is it's what just, it is. It's what it is. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. Just want people to love me. I feel wah, that. Wah. I feel that energy hard though. Like I feel oh. similarly of like Michael and Andy because Michael Again, has such a heart of gold in such an ignorant, dumbass brain. Absolutely. It's oh, yeah. so dumb. Yeah, he lacks such self-awareness. And no filter. Like, no filter, absolutely. And I think, too, the first season he was harder in that because I think they were mimicking a little bit more yes. of the British yes, version. And his hair changed. Oh, you my see, God. He went from, like, a weird comb back where it, like, yeah. looks like he's balding and it's slicked and greasy. Yeah. And then when they decided, like, we're going to let him be his sweet like we're going to show his sweet side a lot more. Yeah. His hair changed. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Thank I wonder you. if that was a part of like, did we make his hairline too bleak for Americans? I guess we should make it more hopeful. Yeah. Fill his hairline more. <laughs> a hopeful they hairline. Can't, they can't even handle a, a, a receding hairline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he is sweet. He just, he just wants people to love him and he just wants to be accepted. And I'm yeah. like. And to be a cool <sighs> boss. Cause he had a yeah. cool boss. He was like, Cool. I, I got so much from my old boss, so I'm going to put in the effort. I'm going to be the cool boss. And it's like, you did it wrong. <laughs> You're not the cool You're boss. You wrong. No, everyone hates you a little bit. Yeah. 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 And, and Kai, you uh, obviously said you were the Toby. Do you, you know, still stand by that? You know what? I, I'm going to switch my previous answer. I think Dwight is my favorite character in mm. just like general because yeah. he's just so funny and so obnoxious in such a real way. Um, We've all met guys like that. Totally. We oh, all I've, know a I've worked with many Dwights, but I also love Dwight's confidence. Like, yeah. I always love the character that, in theory, everyone should hate, but has a weird power because he doesn't care. Yep. Um, I, I love those characters. So, yeah, I would I would go back to that in terms of, like, what character do I love? I think Dwight's such a unique, funny character. Yes. Toby yeah. would be the one that I uh, relate to where I'm like, man, I'm just trying to get through the day, dude. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm trying so hard. This is, I hate. I hate that I'm responsible for this, but <laughs> please do not do what you are doing ever. Stop. <laughs> Never do uh, this. I love uh, Toby. Who would you trust with your life? Oh, I would trust um, I would trust Jim with my life. I would oh. trust. Yeah. I would also really trust Dwight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Jim, like, with my life in terms of my emotional help, like, okay. he would be very caring. But Dwight, 
is a black belt finally and like also <laughs> has I so mean, many weapons i mean well, yes but right okay so maybe not a, a black belt, belt. Black belt. Yeah, a black belt for children's, <laughs> children's karate, karate. Yeah, children's black belt like a dark gray belt <laughs> and yeah and i just like he could hide me in his barn and he has so many weapons yep. And he would be so down to like apocalypse. Yeah, take care of me. I, I think, think Dwight. I think it depends on this scenario because yes. I think mm. uh, if Dwight, if it was like an external force trying to get at me, mm-hmm. definitely Dwight because yes. he's prepared for any situation. But if it was like any other situation, <laughs> Dwight would like uh, you just need to go to the hospital. Yeah. Oh, oh like, okay. Dwight would be Dwight terrible because like, he'd like throw mm-hmm. you out a window and be like, I've got my car. Like he'd go too far <laughs> right. to Dwight try to help you. Dwight would perform the operation himself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I literally am just thinking of that, the episode stress release or something when they're like doing the first aid um, training yes, on the exactly dummy and that. he literally ends up cutting off the face of, of it and putting it on his face like Hannibal Lecter going. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's fair. If it's external, Dwight, if it's anything like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. I'm going to go with Jim. Great. Yeah. I feel like Oscar. Oscar would be very measured and smart. And he's just a normal human in a world of chaotic nightmares. A normal human who can't leave. Can't leave. That's his primary motivation is just to leave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he seems like a smart man. He seems like he could, you know, Mm -hmm. take care of things that need to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I need more... um, emotional reassurance than I think Oscar has the patience to give me. Yeah. Um, I that's think that's fair. what I need. Yeah, he doesn't have a ton of space for a lot of other people's emotions sometimes yeah. in yeah. the show. Yeah, and he would know what to do and he would do it. But if I start, like, like crying, I think Jim would be a bit more patient with me like he is with Pam when she was, like, yeah. pregnant and going into labor and stuff. I right. was like, okay, great, Jim. I would I would trust you. But also remember there's an, a moment where I think Pam is crying and Dwight comes and sits next to her and just, like, <gasps> has a beautiful moment with her where he's trying to take care of her emotions. Like, you're good in there. You just don't know how just to outside. Yeah. 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 He always wants to do the right thing. He just doesn't always have – the right lens to know how to do it. Exactly. (laughs) He's a little, yes, he's not quite checked into reality where he knows how to do the right thing. But I think he has a very strong moral compass. Just his morals are a little weird sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, I would probably say Oscar uh, because Jim would be my first choice, except I feel like if it was like between me or Pam, he would drop me in a second. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I just don't trust Jim around Pam because he's just singularly focused. terrible decisions Mm. around her. Uh, Some very cute whatever that whole thing but uh but if it was like a life or death spider-man trying to choose between mary jane and the people uh oh i'm fucked yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. that's fair that's fair i was for some reason picturing like pam does not exist anymore maybe i made myself pam i think you're pam in this (laughs) because as soon as you said that i'm like oh yeah i'm screwed like if pam's hurt he's not coming after no no, absolutely not not. no Uh, who do you hate are there any characters oh, you hate? I'm sure there are. Like Robert California just Yeah. Uh, Robert what is California. his name? James Spader. Yeah. He yeah, I was like, I'm over it. And then when the blacklist came out, I was like, this is Robert California. And like also, <laughs> who am I to say that? Like I'm I'm saying you're being one note, James Spader. And like, do I have a bunch of TV shows? No. But that bothered me. Who else do I hate? I mean, Todd Packer, but I feel like you're supposed to hate yeah. him. So yeah. Who do I? Is there anyone else that I hate? I mean, it, I I do hate Michael. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, I'm that's throwing fair. it out there. Like I I I 
love him, but I hate him. Like, yes. if he was if my he was, boss in real life, I would loathe that guy. I would report him to HR every day. And I think you're yes. supposed to feel that way. Yes. Um, and then, like, you know, you, you see the human side of him. But mm. I, I do think I've met those guys in real life, and I do hate them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when um, spoiler alert, when Steve Carell left the show, um, they were trying to decide who to replace him. And yeah. when they ultimately decided on Ed Helms, like on Andy. Yeah. But Greg Daniels, who like adapted the show for US, was saying that originally they also thought of maybe Daryl. Craig oh, Robinson. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually thought that he would be too good of a manager. Absolutely. Like, they need yes. somebody who's Darryl's more smart. emotionally driven. Yeah, yeah, they said basically, like, Daryl's character wouldn't make enough messes for everyone else to clean up. Yeah. So you're totally right. The manager is supposed to be somebody who is, like, infuriating. Infuriating. That's a word. <laughs> Nailed <laughs> you know it. it. You Thank got you there. So much. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. Like, I think there is a part of you that's supposed to hate Michael. Yeah. I think I... The way that I hate Michael is the way that I hate myself. Because oh. I see, like, I I came out so much darker than I meant it. Maybe I do <laughs> no. like the UK version. Let's do it. Let's get but in there. But it's like, yeah. I think I, I, yes, I'm like, oh, Michael, so annoying. But because I relate to the ways that he's so annoying, I don't hate him in that way. Yeah, I'm just I, like, oh, I wish he could get over it. Just like, I wish I could get over yeah. it. Yeah, And totally. you know the heart and you know the motivations behind yeah. it and why he acts the way he acts and but also why he says the stupid shit Absolutely. He says. I mean, yeah. if he wasn't, like, this is in the context of him being my boss. If he wasn't my boss, it would be like, all right, but yeah. if, if that guy's my oh. boss, I fucking hate him. Oh, <laughs> I think at work, I am a straight up, like, Angela. I'm like, get shit done. Let me get home. Like, I yeah. don't need to talk to anybody. I've also never really worked in an office. Oh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I have this weird fantasy about working in an office. Like, sometimes I think, like, oh, should I just... Let's go get a nine to five job and let's have, I feel the energy has shifted in the room. I'm like, because like, <laughs> you're talking to people who work yeah, in I'm offices. Like, oh, they both <laughs> no, hate it. You know what? It really works for some people. I have yeah. some, like some of my best friends have like, some of my best friends are office workers. <laughs> oh my so. God. You can't just say that. Kind. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have friends who are office workers. I, yeah. I, I, I basically know. Um, so I do have friends who like got into office jobs, like right out of college and it works for them. The, yeah. Like it, it's consistent. It like, you know, where, where, you, where you're going every day you don't have to like worry about where your next pay, next next paycheck is coming from yeah um and <laughs> you nailed it yeah thank you uh, i think just the idea of paychecks made my brain <laughs> you're like what go um but yeah i, I think it really works for some people who have mm -hmm. the attention span to sit in one place for eight hours yes. i'm just not that person yeah but. i mean yeah i think the stability the paychecks and the sense of community are the three things yeah. that like i think i fantasize about because currently also i work from home yep myself so yeah. it's just me and my dog shout out shout out <laughs> shout out she's listening, listening all listening. the time hi honey go to bed <laughs> it's past your bedtime i imagine um, you listening to this bag and just putting your headphones on your dog for that one moment oh, I will. this is for you i'll send you a picture i will Amazing. she loves when i make podcasts for you. <laughs> we will post that picture if you send it uh, yeah so i but yeah i think i do hate michael a little bit no i think i no i love him no, I love him. I love him. I love him. I'm sticking to it. Uh, I'm going to throw out a shout out for hating Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. sucks. Uh, and Ryan we've all met suck. piece of shit dudes like that who think they're so fucking hot shit for no reason. Ryan, you suck. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Suck. Ryan does suck. I also agree. Ryan does suck. Oh, remember when he 
lit the place on fire and set off the smoke alarm. What a loser. Oh, man. And that what was loser. such a win for Dwight. I know. I was like, yay, <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> an idiot. I loved it. Um, Ryan started the fire. <laughs> yeah, loved Very it. Very funny. Uh, in um, your opinion, yes. what are the most iconic episodes of this show? This could go on for a while. So yeah, I so feel let's like pick we like need one or two. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so my favorite... I love Dinner Party. Yeah, yeah. In yeah season four. An absolute classic. I feel like everyone loves Dinner Party. Yeah. And the blooper where they're trying to, they're, he's showing, Michael Scott is showing off the flat screen TV that's literally like the size of a laptop. Oh my God. <laughs> that blooper, I will watch till the day I die. Yeah. It's so good. So Dinner Party for sure. I think a second would be, I think it's called Broke, but you can come for me if that's wrong. But it is the episode where um, Michael, Pam, and Ryan argue David Wallace into rehiring them after Michael has left and started the Michael Scott paper company. Yeah. And Jim kind of helps them realize like, hey, they want to buy out your company. And Michael's like, my company is worth nothing. Jim's like, ah, 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 I don't want to hear anything. They just want to <laughs> offer you a huge buyout for your very successful company. And I think what I love about it is there's this moment when, so Michael, Pam, and, and Ryan are coming upstairs to Dunder Mifflin for their meeting with David Wallace, who is the CEO. And they're like, listen, Michael, just the one thing you have to do is do not tell them that our company is broke. Like, we have nothing. And he's like, got it. Elevator doors closed. They open. And he's like hunched over. Oh, I really think I'm going to ruin it. And he goes in and you think he's going to fail. Not only does he not fail, but he gives the fucking badass little speech. Can I swear? Yeah. Oh, okay, absolutely. Great. He gives this badass little speech of like, I don't think I have to outweigh the company. I just have to outweigh you, David Wallace, because there's a shareholders meeting coming up and you're going to have to ex like explain to them why your number one branch is bleeding clients or customers. Anyway, it was such a badass moment for Michael where he succeeded and he was competent and he was good. And he's a great salesman. Yes. Oh, he like got to be, there's just a glimmer in his eye. And maybe he was a little hot too. I think older <laughs> Steve Carell is hot. But love I that love that you. moment. I love, love a win for, for Michael where he's competent and he doesn't let people down. I, like yeah. I loved that episode too. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a like even when you hate Michael, you, you love Steve Carell. Yeah. And that's the wonderful dichotomy of what makes that character so good is that he can really toggle that on and off. Yeah. You know? It's like the Ed Helms Andy thing, too. Yeah. Like a, but yeah, totally. These these yeah, he's so lovable that then as Michael, I mean, he's perfect. He's perfect for he Michael. He is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He's a perfect, perfect Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, there's some discussion about how The Office has aged poorly, which we'll definitely mm. get into in our hot takes. Yeah, mm -hmm. even Mindy Kaling has stated that most of the characters would be canceled now. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I totally, yeah, I think most shows from my childhood probably have not, not probably, don't hold up. <laughs> I think this one holds up better than some others. I watched Friends a lot growing up, and now I find it, like, hard. I just skip over a lot of episodes. Agreed. There's some things where you're like, why did you do this? Yeah, I'm like, why is this an A story? Why is Ross and Joey cuddling on a couch an A story? That's not – anyway. Because men can't touch or it's gay. Oh, God forbid. No, yeah, no. and I'm like, how – so – but with The Office – so, yes, definitely. I don't think it could be made today. I don't, or, or the way that it was, some of the characters for sure. I even read that like Oscar's character wasn't going to be gay, but then Wardrobe had him in a pink shirt. So then they got the idea. And I was like, what? Ha. Oh my God. That's wild. I read that and I was like, wait, what? So yeah, I agree with that statement. I also think, I don't know, for me, it's like if we have a show that's made today and then in 10 years from now, it isn't, uh, like it, it does hold up. 
I guess that's great. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, for me, it shows like we've learned stuff. If even yeah. the people who wrote in the show are saying like, we couldn't make that now, we have learned as a society that like, hey, some of the shit that we were overlooking is actually harmful or that yeah. we didn't just sit down and realize is like, hey, this is actually hurting people. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess there's like a silver lining to it being problematic because it's like, hey, now we actually are aware that it's problematic. We're not just yeah. having no idea. E even in the course of the show, they course correct. Like the first mm. season is like has some stuff in it where you're like, whoa, they did that. But then even in season two, mm. you see them dial that back, dial mm. back the like shock comedy yeah. and go more into character comedy. But and they, like they also set Steve Carell's Michael up as the, the stuff he's saying is bad and wrong. Like yes. they are saying it. And the fact that they're saying it on network television is shocking because you definitely can't even say that. You can't say it now, but he is positioned as, oh, this guy fucking sucks for thinking this and saying mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. And I think that that definitely helps this age better than Friends, for instance, which is just like, mm -hmm. we're just saying this and we're all the good guys. Yeah, Chandler's right totally. to not like his uh, his trans mother. Yeah. Like, he, yes. he's, he's right to feel that way. Isn't this weird? And it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. No, totally. <laughs> There's such a huge difference between this character has this opinion and our show is standing behind this Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. And yeah. The Office does a really great job of being like, no, 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 he's the one in the wrong. Like yes. Michael's the one in the wrong or Todd Packer is the one in the wrong. Yes. I do think though sometimes, like you said, it got better over the seasons because yes. even to make that point, sometimes they would make like a homophobic joke that would use words that it's like, yeah, but you can make that with using different words. Yes, yes, so, totally. But I think they got better at it. I totally. absolutely do. And so I don't necessarily, it hasn't ruined the show for me in being able to rewatch it. But yeah. I'm definitely like- I mean, it's 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 pretty obvious in a lot of the <laughs> totally in a lot of the episodes. It's also like, oh wow, Oscar and the only ever gay man, oh my the God. senator, are soulmates. You know, it's like yeah. those things too, where yeah, you're just kind of like, ugh. But yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So here's a question. Okay, if you Hit could, me, Kaya. I I will. Okay. Um, if you could win a Dundee, <gasps> what would you win it for? That is such a good question. I think I would win it for. Um, Okay, I'm just going to go with my first thought. My first thought is that um, the person that you feel safest with. Oh, that's nice. That's For those who don't know, I should have explained, but uh, Michael Scott gives out uh, Dundee Awards. <laughs> yes, he's created his yeah. own award ceremony. It's, <laughs> it's a full-ass ceremony. Pro it's a production. Yeah. Full production. Um, yes. But he gives, them, gives out awards. And the yeah, awards are usually like the busiest beaver or like the whitest tennis shoes or yeah. Yeah. stuff like that. They're kind of ridiculous. But everyone gets one. Yeah, the Diabetes Award. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which is Wonderful. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's the one I'd want to win. I love that. Follow up question. Yes. What awards would you give us? <gasps> oh my god, this is great. <laughs> okay. Also, I want to do you two justice, and so I just want to preface saying we don't know each other super well. Of course. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I would give Steph. Oh, I would give Steph. I would just write on it. Uh, Tony slash Grammy. Oh. And I you. would make it. Steph is an amazing singer. Not and just on player. the melodica. Yeah. <laughs> she hit you with all of it. So that's what I would give Steph. Oh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. So that you could say, I have a Tony and a Grammy. Yeah. Because I couldn't half decide between EGOT. both of them. I'm half I would give you half of an EGOT and one and one Dundee. Yes. And I love it. I, I got a GT. <laughs> you got a little GT. I would give you a little GT. A DGOT. And, yes. <laughs> and what would I give Kaya? Okay, so I don't even know if I can look you in the eye because I'm a little nervous to say this. Ooh. I would give Kaya. You have just always been such like 
like a like a cool cat to me. Like oh. I just think you have such charming like. No one's making Meg. eye contact right yeah, now. It's great. And now I'm I feel weird I'm watching I'm both their sweating. eyes. Okay. I wasn't fishing for compliments. <laughs> okay. I thought I was just going to get white as tennis shoes. <laughs> I would give like um, the the most charming or like the most like effortlessly cool that you want to hang out in the lunchroom with. Oh, oh my God. Take that high school bullies. Are you <laughs> listening to this? Are you Eat listening? it. Fuck you guys. Fuck Eat you. it, Susan. I became what you could never imagine. <laughs> I don't Am know I Susan's Michael Scott? a real person. I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just going with it. I'm like, oh, who's Susan? Fuck you, Susan. That sounds like I was bullied by like a 42-year-old By lunch the lunch lady. lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally thought of Susan Wasik. So I was oh, like, oh, Susan Wasik bullied Susan Kaya. Wasik is an amazing producer Susan of Toronto and is a lovely never. human. I would Hi, Susan, never love you. bully Never, Susan, we love you. Never. Hi, Susan. Um, I just didn't go to high school with a lot of Susans, to be entirely honest <laughs> it was not, with you. It was not in vogue at that time. No, that was, was not, not a hot name. No, 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 yeah. no, no. That was no, a mom no. name. No, me neither. I not did go to time. school with another Kaya, um, and I was the other Kaya. Anyway, the point oh, no. is... Oh, well, now you're that, the Kaya. only Kaya. <laughs> just, yeah. In your face, other in your, Kaya. In your face, Kaya. Oh, yeah. Other Kaya now. You're the other Kaya You're now. the other Kaya. You don't get to be number I'm one. I'm so sorry I brought this up, Kaya. If you're listening, which... You might be, I guess. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's so lovely. That's Thank lovely. you. Oh, this okay, is welcome. nice. Okay. This is what the Dundies are for. Yeah, right? make, it's to make everyone feel good. And at the end of the day, that's what Michael's always trying to do is to make everyone feel good around him so that they like him. He just yeah. often does the opposite. Yeah, he just, he just yeah. says the wrong things all the time. <laughs> all right. What is the nerdiest thing you've done in relation to this fandom? Oh, Okay. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? I mean, I kind of feel like even just watching this show as many times as I have has felt quite nerdy. For yeah. sure. I, okay, so I have watched the full, like the full series. I don't stop when Steve Carell leaves. I've watched pilot to series finale, I want to say maybe eight times. That is impressive. Tip to which tails. Which is tip to tails. Always tip to tails for me. Yeah. I never fish. Yeah. You don't go in for a single episode. No, I never dive. I'm always like, tip to tails. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and so I thought about this a little bit, and I was like, okay, eight hours of watching this. I calculated, or sorry, eight times of yeah. watching all of these nine seasons. Oh, my God. I calculated how many hours that is. Oh, my God, you did the math. I did the math. This is the nerdiest thing. Well, I know. I realized after, I'm like, <laughs> I think this is the nerdiest thing I've ever done, is it comes out to... A month of my life. A oh, whole month. Honestly? So I think it's like, five, it came out to like 592 hours. That sounds pretty reasonable to me, honestly. 592 <laughs> like, hours watching The Office. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's why I have a Tony. You got a both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, I feel like QI of the Tiger, like for that month, <laughs> I was training. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the nerdiest. I did also, this show has helped me learn something about myself. Ooh. Just in general, is that listening right? to episodes. Yeah, and, and thinking about The Office for this episode. Is that, I realize I'm the type of fan who dives really hard in into the world of it. But I don't, like, I don't do a lot of outside research or I don't, like, follow the people on Instagram. Even reality TV, totally. I'm not, like, following yeah. them. I realize I almost like to keep it that little fantasy bubble and I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know Jenna Fisher outside of the office. Right. Or, like, I love that. So I, I did end up learning a lot of stuff. I think because as a performer, I love hearing, like, the audition stories course, and all of that. yeah. yeah. But I'm the type of fan that just wants to live in that world constantly, and I don't want it broken for me. So I love that. Yeah. I think that's great, and that's, that's so awesome. valid. Thank you. I felt like it wasn't as good of a fan, and I told my mom, and she's no. like, no, it's not. I'm like, How hey. you love your thing is not 
it shouldn't be measured how you love it, just that you love it. Yeah, the, oh. there's no gatekeeping here. No. If you if you love something, you're doing it right. Yeah. Are you going to go to the office interactive experience that they're setting up in Toronto where they oh. essentially have created Dunder Mifflin in person that you can just go to Dunder Mifflin? Like, hell fucking yes. Yes. So much. And I know it's a money grab. I Absolutely. know it is. It is. That's okay. And I don't care. I will be going there. I'm going to dress like I work at an, <gasps> an office. Yeah, you are. We'll figure out outfits. And I'm going to go 100%. Oh, I don't amazing. even care. That's on so like fun. a weekday, because I don't want a lot of people there. No, you want to get to sit in Pam's seat and be like, Ugh. what's it like to answer the phone at Dunder Mifflin and to give Michael his faxes? Like high five across bad. the table. Yeah, it's yeah, bad. Yeah, 100% I want to do Michael's that. Close Michael's blinds. Oh, it loves. I want to go into the boardroom and just like yank on them like when you're mad. I want to yes. yell, all right, everybody, boardroom, 20 minutes. And just go into the boardroom. <laughs> I can't wait. And I don't have a nine to five, so I can go during yeah. nine to five. You can oh, live it up. That's your I'll office just job. just go there nine to five Monday to Friday. Just sit there. and <laughs> just work. If anyone asks you to, leave is just be like, excuse me, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Excuse me, ma'am. We really need now. you to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are other people that want to be in the office. <laughs> They'll have to make an appointment. Yeah. All right. I'll be doing interviews in the boardroom. We'll yeah. see if they get hired here. I don't know. I don't know. But I will go. Will you two go? I think so. I think, I don't know. I I love the office. I, yeah. I you know, over years, it's my feelings about certain characters have changed, but mm-hmm. I still love the world. It still feels like a nice, safe, fun place for me. I think I will go. Yeah. I think I'll absolutely go. Kaya, would you go? Because I know you didn't finish the series. I'm calling you out. You were watching it with me. Yeah, you didn't finish we it. We didn't finish the <laughs> series. I finished the series. Yes, but we together, when we were watching through it, didn't finish yeah. the series. It was a joint effort is what I'm saying here. I refuse to acknowledge my part in this. <laughs> Put this on me. Anyway. Somebody cut to like three minutes ago and we're like, however you love your thing, Except you love Except this. It. If you, Kaya, if you, you watched it. Well. it. Jeez. Um, <laughs> we did get past the like, there is definitely, I think, a prime of The Office where mm-hmm. it's hit its we stride definitely perfectly. Crossed that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we were definitely into the what some consider the decline of the show, yeah. mm-hmm. but it is just a tonal change. And I can't yes. remember why we stopped watching it. It wasn't like, eh, this sucks. It was, just I think we just moved shows. on to something else because there was Ugh. there was some new thing. Yeah. So um, much content being thrown oh, in your face it's constantly. I feel like when I stop watching a series, most of the time it has nothing to do with the series. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah, 100%. No, no, no. Um, what was the question? Would well, you, you go? go to the office experience. Oh, yeah, of course. I love an interactive experience. We love an immersive experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Put me uh, in that world. Also, like I love just pretending to be in TV shows. It's been what I've been doing since I was a child and I will not stop. <laughs> you can't make me. You can't make me. Uh, so we're about to dive into our hot takes, but before we do, we just want to say a big huge thank you to the episode sponsor tpublic.com, where you can find your next favorite t-shirt, sweatshirt, maybe notebook. Tank I don't top. know. What do you like? Show off those guns. Show off those guns. You got. You want a mug? You can get a mug because yeah. Public has unique and nerdy designs available on all of those things. You can find a design you love and put it on pretty much anything. Yeah, you can customize the size, the color, the fabric. If you're like, oh, I love this design, but I don't want it on a red t-shirt. I don't wear red. Uh, then you can change it up. You, you do can put wear it on red, anything. Though. I, no, that was me pretending oh, to be somebody. You were acting. I was acting. Yes. Um, if you felt like you don't want to wear red, <laughs> person listening to this, I should have been clearer. Uh, you can put it on anything. You can put it on any kind of fabric, size, color, so you can customize it to be exactly what you want. Um, and, oh, they are the softest shirts. Oh, I like them so much. They're, They're so, so, so good. comfortable. Also, one of my favorite things, I'm a bit of a mug bitch. Um, I love mugs. I love having mugs that uh, kind of touch on different parts of my personality. And one thing that's really fun is we actually have 
our face on our mugs at home. So we drink, like, having a morning, you're just drinking out of your fandom show mug. It's really fun and cool. Very fun. Um, and on top of all of that, all of the designs are made by indie artists who are getting a fair commission for their work. Um, so when you buy a t-shirt or a mug or should. whatever it is, which you absolutely should, um, from our Tipa Book store, you are supporting both an indie artist and this podcast, which is really incredible. Us. So so if you want to go to that store that we just told you about, it is tpublic.thefandomshow.com. Check out our merch. We also upload designs from all of the episodes that we do. So if you want to get an office shirt, uh, we're going to put one up there. But also if you find a different office shirt, just go to our link when you search for this other office shirt and then you can get it and we still get support. Which Absolutely. We- Love. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that's tpublic.thefandomshow.com. And thank you so much, tpublic, for your support. All right. We are getting into the hot takes. And I honestly had to... So we got a lot of hot takes on The Office. This was our biggest one. Uh, And so many of them were about Jim Halpert. So I've condensed a lot of them in. But I'm going to start... This is actually from our patron... Adam, no last name, uh, through our Patreon. Thank you so much, Adam, no last name. Are people coming for Jim? People come for Jim. People came for Jim. Uh, But this one actually is, I'm going to start with the supportive of Jim. Okay, I love that. Adam is supporting Jim. He says, Jim pursuing a successful business venture was the first time he ever showed passion about his career or anything other than Pam and his family. And it kind of sucked that Pam wasn't supportive, mostly because she was afraid of change. Oh, Adam, come over. Let's have dinner because I 1,000% agree with you. That is one of my personal hot takes. I don't think it was romantic that he came back. I think it sucked that he had to. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. You know how we were talking earlier about how a character can have a point of view and then a show has a point of view? Yes, totally. I felt like in that storyline, they were the same, that the show's point of view was like, look, he loves her, and sometimes in life you make these decisions, and and this was a good decision for them. Yeah. Fair. For me, I'm like, uh, I don't want my partner to have to give up their professional dreams, and I don't want to have to give up my professional dream. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not why are we why are we spreading this information about a healthy relationship? Yeah. Yep. I not didn't like it. Or. Nope. Don't Adam like it. Agreed with you. Amazing. Um, so I'm gonna stick on Jim here, uh, <laughs> and this is I'm I've consolidated three of the Jim takes into one. Wow. Jim is the villain. His relationship with Pam is ick. Write it on my grave. Jim Halpert is a covert narcissist and misogynist, and the character is a nice guy propaganda. And Jim and Pam bonded over bullying a neurodivergent coworker. Wow, I got chills on the last one. Okay. Okay, so and I, those are the hot takes that I've seen a lot about this show yeah. and why they think yes. the show is aged poorly. Even it's primarily around this. Jim. Yeah. <gasps> okay, so I didn't hear, I've never heard the idea of um, bonding over, like, messing yeah. with Dwight. That is interesting. I think the read that he's neurodivergent is. Uh, up I think that's to a modern discussion. lens yeah. put onto a character that like, we don't necessarily know was neurodivergent. Yeah, by I, I design. Think that's not canon. That's not canon. That I think is a lens we've put on it. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And yeah, and I'm also kind of like, well, I don't know. Part of me is a little like, are we saying he's neurodivergent just because they wrote him as an oddball? That's not and very he's, kind. Yeah, because he's like, a bit weird and doesn't interact with the way that other people interact. He grew up on a weird beat fair. farm, yeah. man. I yeah. can see how people would think that he's coded autistic, but I can also see an argument for that not being true. So yeah. I think that he spends too much time with his cousin on his farm and doesn't socialize a lot. Yeah. So even if we remove that, though, I can right. see the argument of they bonded over bullying. Someone. Yes, I can totally so see that. that. Yeah, totally. I can see that they bonded that way. I will say say I didn't always okay so I've heard this like Jim is the real villain and 
I do. I mean, he the does whole, think like, he's better nice than guy, everyone. He does. I agree with that. I think like I didn't always love how Pam and Jim got together. Like I did feel like, why are they flirting so much? Well, she's engaged. Like, break it off with Roy yeah. if this is what you're going for. Because you're clearly miserable with that guy yes. since day one. Clearly. You don't ever Absolutely. seem happy. And if you are choosing comfort over your happiness, which is totally, you yeah. are entitled to do that, even if it's so frustrating, then choose that and be respectful of your relationship and do not be flirting with others. Unless yeah. your partner is comfortable with that, then flirt away. Yeah. But it's what are the Consent. rules within, exactly, what are the rules within you and your romantic partner or partners and and those were not the rules, Pam, so do not flirt. I also actually did not like that Jim said, I love you. And then she said, like, what do you expect me to do with that? I'm still with Roy. And then later he came back and kissed her. I was like, dude, she said no, essentially. Yeah, no, so why no. are you coming back and now pushing further? I personally really didn't like that. I also think that was at the times where, like, sometimes – disrespectful or crossing boundaries or like stock that wasn't stalkerish but stalkerish behavior at that time was painted as like romantic yeah. and yeah. being persevering like persevering the, the rom-com so, paradigm the Ross yes. and Rachel Ross yeah. shows up at the door in the rain right where I'm like leave me alone and if I say leave me alone and you do I'm like wow thank you that makes yeah. me like you, you listened to me you yeah. listened and respected me so oh but is he the villain why am I I'm having such a hard time with I don't think he's the villain. I don't know. Am I the villain? I feel like I'm doing that TikTok thing. Yeah. Am I the problem? No, I'm not the problem. <laughs> um, I don't think he's the villain. I'm going against that hot take. Yeah, great. That's fair. Great. I don't Own think it. he is. Nope, nope. He's very caring to the people around him. And yes, he pranks Dwight all the time. But I think in the end, they had a very strong bond. Yeah, he does love Dwight. I think at the end yeah. of the day, you do see that they do love each other and they show up for each other. At the important times. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he does learn lessons about when not to do that. Yeah. yeah. I think he, I don't think it's universally like, isn't, isn't Jim great? I yes. think he does have moments where he's like, oh no, I was a dick. Totally. I think at the time though, it was really positioned as Jim was the dream guy that everyone I think you should are, watch. I think you are right. Like, so I, I can understand. I remember take. that kiss moment, watching it around the time that it was airing and being mm -hmm. like, that is the most romantic thing mm -hmm. yeah. I could ever see. But then obviously now watching with that lens, you're like. Oh, I know. No. I was like, Jim, I no. Jim, don't do it. I yeah. know. I think, yeah, I think like for him, well, it's even this British American thing because in the British version, they don't have the Jim as like a hunky Jim. No. And even in the casting. Martin Freeman. Yeah. yeah. Who I mean, like, he's a cutie. Such he's a cutie. A cutie. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. Totally. But I think even in the casting, like John Krasinski has actually said that when they were casting this version, he thought, oh, this is great. I actually have a shot in getting this because they don't have like the romantic hot lead kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, Little did he know he was about to become like Jack the, Ryan. He, right. Well, there's that. But he also, I think Jim and Pam for a generation of people is couple goals. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the Ross and Rachel. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's, that's absolutely it. It was yeah. the, the Ross and Rachel after Ross and Rachel yeah. for people um, who saw themselves in that kind of relationship. Yeah. yeah. Not me, but yeah. other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think having somebody who will profess like the moment I met you, I knew that they were going to be my wife. Like yeah. that's just playing into the hand of like what so many people are taught growing up in North America that that's what you should dream of, yeah. kind of. So I th yeah, so I get it, like, yeah. totally. The caveat is that's not fun to hear from someone you don't have a crush on. Yeah. It's great if when Dwight you went up to Pam and said that, then we, we would, would all be, like, be very upset. Line. Absolutely. Like, that guy's a creep. And if Kelly says it about, if, if they had Kelly say it, which she probably basically did about Ryan all the time, it's like, <laughs> oh, she's so Ryan. clingy and annoying. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a very specific type of character that gets away with saying that and it's sweet and cute. Yeah. I think having someone who 
sees the potential in you and wants everything for you and also is very sure of their love for you is something that a lot of, a lot of people want. So I get that. I get yeah. why they, you know, people loved the Pam and Jim relationship. Totally. I'm yeah. merit there. I want to take that moment into this hot take yeah. um, on the idea of like people being perfect for each other. Pam and Michael knew everything about each other. She was usually the one explaining Michael's antics and traditions. And Michael was always so supportive of Pam. Of course, Michael wasn't perfect, but it was really endearing relationship and they would have worked much better than Pam and Jim. <gasps> oh, oh, come Huge hot take. Huge oh, hot take. cracking my neck here. Would never have worked. Here is the core thing we need. For, like, here's the core problem. Yeah. Pam is a creature of comfort. And even when she's going to grow and come out of that shell of hers, I think a core thing she needs in her romantic relationship is that she needs to be able to feel safe. And yeah. she doesn't feel safe with Michael. No. Michael is too much of an oddball character, like too much of a firecracker, like who knows what's going to come out of his mouth. Absolutely. Holly's perfect for him. Pam oh, needs to feel safe. Oh, Holly. Can we just a moment for Holly? Mo Holly is, Holly, you know what? That's a character Holly. I relate to. Actually, you are Holly very Holly. Holly is so oh. lovely and quirky and just like is down to play with him. Oh, when she did, when they, when she's like putting together her chair and for the first time she does like he Michael does a, a weird little Yoda voice and then in his face you can tell he's like oh fuck maybe I shouldn't have done that yeah. and then she just replies with a Yoda voice back you're just like got chills oh my again. god oh my god yes that's romance and that's Michael romance. in his romance. face they, like fans have like taken a screenshot of that and just been like this is the moment like he knew like yeah. Holly is the oh my god that was such a perfect little romance yeah really oh. rooted for them yeah oh yeah, yeah. sorry I diverted your hot take there it's but okay I'm gonna say no she needs to feel more safe than yeah. that Super fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think she would be frustrated with him the whole time. Absolutely. Um, anyway. Okay. So, uh, and this is going to be the last one. Okay. Um, before we give you a chance to say your own. Um, uh, making bigots like Michael and Dwight lovable makes their bigotry more acceptable than it should be. Oh. And this is, I think, the big does it age well thing. Yeah. Yeah. I even think this way about like when we're, or I, I think this when we make series and movies about serial killers with like a really empathetic lens, like mm -hmm. the new Evan Peters one. Love Evan Peters. Or I don't know. I just think he's hot and I think he's a good actor. <laughs> I don't know if I love him. Uh, but, but. Valid. That is valid. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't really know him as a person. No, we validate um, here. <laughs> but I think, yeah, there is a, like, I think when I have a problem with it is when you are like, look, I know this guy is an asshole. I know that Michael is selfish and lacks self-awareness and hurts other people. Um, but come on, but he's, he means well. And it's because like he didn't have any friends growing up. That's fine. But I need you to give me equal airtime to the people that he is hurting. Because yes. I don't want you to convert me into forgetting about them. That's already too easy as a mm -hmm. society for us to do, to just like ignore the people that are being harmed as a result of this problematic and yet maybe very human behavior. Yeah. So I think on the show, yes, we, it, it made us like, it humanized them. But I think also it did a really good job of everybody, all the cast being like, what the fuck is Michael doing? Like Michael's in the wrong. This is yeah. wrong. Everybody really, but maybe they're right. I don't also, know. I kind of agree with you, honestly. Yeah. Like I think there's gotta be space for characters to be bad. Because uh, there has to be space for us to be bad. I think that that's sort of what it gets yeah. down to. Is like yeah. we all have problematic things that we do and we say, and we would hope that outside people would know our heart and know our intentions, even or, if we're doing it wrong. And I don't mm. expect other people to know and forgive based on, well, they probably intended it. But like 
room to change is important. I've yeah. known lots of bigoted people who have changed their minds, who have changed over time. We all have. We didn't, We like none we of us. didn't come out PC and yeah, perfect. 100%. <laughs> and I think if Michael didn't change at all, if Dwight didn't change at all, mm-hmm. that would be one thing. Yeah. Um, do they change enough? That's a whole other conversation mm. that I don't feel uh, equipped to have. Yeah. Um, but I do think they change. Do you think, like, I feel like I they think, do grow. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, the, the finale when Steve Carell leaves, and this was actually Steve Carell's idea or like he, he pitched this idea that Michael's last episode would be he he's planning they you know the party planning committee has planned this huge like goodbye party for Michael and he actually won't attend it he's leaving the day earlier and so for Michael to miss an opportunity to for everyone celebrated? to celebrate him yeah. and all the attention be on him and instead he decides to have he has a little list of everyone's name and he has one-to-one special moments with each person and it's not on a bit I'm literally getting chills it's not on like a big (laughs) grand scheme thing to me that was such huge growth and he's leaving what he loves for the person he loves because she needs to take care of Holly she needs to take care of her parents and so he's like great I'm moving like I'm in love I want this so I feel like he grew hugely I think Dwight maybe grew less but I feel like Michael needed to grow more than Dwight needed to grow yeah yeah I think humanizing people is never a bad thing because mm-hmm. people are humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just a question of like the the behavior. Do we accept the behavior? Yes. And I don't think they accept the behavior on this show. No. I don't think they do either. I think the I think the point of view of the show is always quite in like opposition to the characters that were like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. Many things can be true at once. What do you think? Yeah. Hit yeah. us up on yeah. uh, social media because that's a big question. That's a big question to, mm-hmm. to figure out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you disagree, let us know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we move on, mm. do you have any hot takes you need to get out into the world? Okay. So one of them was already taken care of. Thank you to Adam. I really appreciate that, Adam. Thank <laughs> you Adam, so much. Reading my mind. Shout out to episode. Good for you, Adam. This later. is Adam's episode. Come on over. Um, okay. My other hot take personally is just that the office was still good after Steve Carell left. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good I one. I know a lot of people, take. and like, I get it. It's not going to be the same, and he had to leave. I thought they did an incredible job of bringing in, like, Will, Fer- I almost said Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Ferrell Williams. Bringing in Will Fer- Ferrell. <laughs> a shocking comedic turn. <laughs> I think they did a great job. It's just as good. Um, I love he that they happy. brought him in. And, he was, and, I, and I love the way that they... They, they brought him in and they had him, little D'Angelo Vickers, had him play for a couple episodes and then he's gone. So audiences are like, wait, what? I thought he was going to replace Steve Carell. Too big. Too big. And then having that finale, I, I guess, I think Steve left in season seven. So then the finale of season seven, having them interview a bunch of these like huge well-known comedians coming in like they had Ray Romano they had Jim Carrey Will Arnett Warren Buffett came in not a comedian Warren Buffett they (laughs) interviewed so having all those people and then leaving it like we don't know who it's gonna be they did a really great job and then they decided we're not replacing him with someone new we're not bringing in a new Michael Scott yeah it's gonna be in-house yeah and I think yeah it was different but those characters were able to like all those relationships and dynamics and those characters were already so lovable and already like so comfortable. I think they did a great job. And Andy is a close enough character to Michael Scott that the show felt similar but different. Yeah. yeah. So I that's my hot take. I'm like, no, it didn't fall off the saddle. 
the fuck is that saying? Whatever it is, it didn't suck after. It's a thing now. Fall yeah, off the saddle. Just fall off the saddle. Adam, do you think fall off the saddle? No. <laughs> what do you two think about after Steve Carell left? I mean, I haven't watched it, but I will say, like, from what I've heard of what mm-hmm. they executed, I think it's a graceful way to do an impossible thing. Mm, yes. Yeah. So there, there was, oh, that was a beautiful way of saying that, Kaya. Thank you. There was just no way it was ever going to be what Steve Carell, yeah. and nothing can be. Like, no show can replicate what it was for years and years and years and years. No. Mm-hmm. I, I would challenge you to point me to any TV show that does that. So I think it was given an impossible task to mm-hmm. try and continue the show without its main character, and it did what it could. And mm-hmm. that's really impressive because it's yeah. hard to do. Yeah. Uh, as an Andy Stan, yeah. I oh, honestly yeah, was very happy to see my boy do well, <laughs> to succeed, and also fail at the same time. Uh, no, I thought it was a fun direction. I think if you're going to try to keep it going, you have to change, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Uh, things change and if things stay the same all the time you'd also complain about it being the same all the time exactly absolutely and I do wonder like if Steve I don't know if you two know like the little controversy controversy or the the conspiracy theory I don't know about like Steve Carell leaving that he actually didn't want to leave oh. but that so he had told he signed originally for a seven season little like when you when you sign up not for you two you know this but for listeners yeah. when you sign up to do a TV show or a movie oftentimes they'll say okay we're gonna sign you up for like five seasons that yeah. doesn't mean they're gonna do five seasons they just want you to be on board in case they want to do them yeah. yeah so Steve Carell signed up for seven seasons and so once his contract was almost done or I guess at the end of season six I guess he was like well they haven't they haven't called me and he was doing an interview and they said, are you going to come back for the next season? And he said, oh, well, you know, my my contract's almost over. Like, I don't know. And then he thought, oh, they're not really contacting me after I said that. Like, the network isn't really contacting me. So he called, he told his manager, I would be up for doing a couple more years. Like, yeah. let them know. And the manager reached out to the network saying, a couple more years, he'll sign up, let me know. Here's the deadline to let me know by. And they just never heard back. Oh. And there was some shifting around at NBC. And so there's been like speculation that maybe the new person who came on like didn't like The Office as much. Mm-hmm. But they kept it going. They just didn't have Steve Carell. But yeah, so I, I don't know. Steve very lovingly has always just said, oh, I'm just going to go spend more time with family. And like yeah. the little beauty he is didn't probably want to. You know, any drama. And also his career was, had really taken off at that point. Yeah. He was doing movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell, if you're listening, which I know you are. Yeah, you are. Um, let us know how it went down for you. Daddy, call me. Daddy, I call. love. <laughs> He's hotter now than ever. Truly. Oh. All right. Uh, so we are about to wrap up. But at the end of every episode, we like to share our micro fandoms of the weeks, which we will do in just a moment. But before we do, uh, we want to talk about a few ways that you can engage with us. Uh, there are many free ways that you can help support this show, such as reaching out to us, following us, or sending us uh, your thoughts and feelings at Fandom Show Pod on all social media. Uh, if you have ideas for future episodes, want to catch up on past episodes, or just want to say hi, you can visit us at thefandomshow.com. Please tell all of your nerdiest friends about us, and please, if you can get on your podcast provider please of choice. Please do it. Pr- principally Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Do a little rate, review, subscribe, help us grow this uh, empire of positive fandom. I keep calling it an empire. I need to not, not do that. Um, this, com- this group. Community. This community of positive fandom. There we go. <laughs> um, even a one-sentence review, one-word review, it really, really helps people find out about us, find yeah. out that we are here and start listening. Um, so please do that if you can. Uh, it means we can have more fans of fans and make more episodes, and that is the best. Yes. Uh, and our theme song is by Yusu Kim, and our logo is by the wonderful John Blair. 
And now into our micro-fandoms for the week, starting with you, Amanda. What are you fanning out about these days? Oh, my goodness. Uh, A cute little duo of I'm watching a lot of Love Island UK while playing uh, Dreamlight Valley, Disney's Dreamlight Valley on Nintendo Switch. It is really good. And again, oh, this ties in perfectly. Didn't even realize. The UK version, not wanting to betray it for the US version of The Office. Similarly... I feel, here's my other hot take, I feel like Disney has ripped off Stardew Valley for Dreamlight Valley. Absolutely. Oh. Literally sounds the same. You go, the, the, and I, so I really didn't want to play, but it was so cheap and I bought it and I started playing it and I love it. And they've even, like, they've kind of made some things better than in Stardew Whoa. Valley. I mean, they do so have a whole sad. team of very talented people. Again, shout out Josh, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but uh, the Stardew Valley was made by one guy. So that makes sense. Right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like the fact that it could be made by one person and it'd be still so wild. beautiful and the stories. And I'm still, oh, I'm still, I had this whole love triangle between me and Emily and her sister Haley. And like, oh. I did, oh my God. And like, I didn't know, I really liked Emily, but Emily wouldn't give me the time of day. And her sister Haley kept telling me I'm, I'm ugly, wearing ugly oh. Oh, Haley. And Emily wouldn't dance with me. And then I realized, why am I getting mad at Emily for saying no? Who have I become? Mm. So then I really backed off, but then Haley got me for Secret Santa. Anyway, whatever. So there's that whole (laughs) dynamic. But in Dreamlight, there's just a lot of things that are a bit better. It's still in beta, so every so often it crashes. But I've been playing so much of it. And just for everyone playing Dreamlight Valley... Fuck Minnie because she's so annoying and everyone hates her <laughs> online now. Minnie Mouse's reputation has been ruined by Dreamlight Valley. Wow. wow. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's an okay. issue. Steph? Oh, my micro fandom. Um, I this week, uh, so we were on vacation recently and we came back and had to catch up on some stuff. And one of those things is you season five. Is it season five? Uh season four, I don't know. That show, I I love it. I hate it. I have so many feelings. Penn Badgley, I don't like you. <laughs> I strongly don't like you. Uh, he came out this week with like a whole, uh, he won't do sex scenes anymore. Oh, he yeah, thinks yeah. they're ruining things. Oh. Um, and so it started all this talk about the Hayes Code coming back. It's been a lot. Um, but Ugh. you is, we're halfway through the season and they paused and they're really season two parts. And it became this weird murder mystery of just like, who's killing all these rich people? And he's trying to like save the rich people for some reason. It's gone on a whole journey. I'm having a blast. I cannot wait to see. We know who's killing them now. And now we have to see how these two killers go head to head, which is kind of like Dexter, but in this case, a little sexier. Ooh. Uh, Sexter. 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 I love that. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah. that sounds like a weird command. Sexter. Sexter. Uh, yeah. I regret this. Yeah. Talk about like empathizing with like a serial killer. I don't though. That guy sucks. Well, he even said though, like people who will, will come up to him and say, oh, Joe's so hot. And like, why am I attracted to a criminal? And he's like, I get it. That's. That's fully on us and the show. We're doing that to you, and it's not cool. Like, yeah. we're doing that, yeah. and it's not cool. Yeah. I think I've uh, truly, part of what I love about it is that I love all the women that he falls in love with. They're Aww. all just like, I love seeing these specific actors. Uh, Shalita Grant was on a uh, season uh, playing the lawyer, and she, I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with Shalita Grant right now. No, she wasn't a lawyer in this one. She was a lawyer in Search Party. Oh, she's uh, so good. Shalita Grant, oh, I hope you listen to this. Give her her own show. I adore you. Watch <gasps> Search Party, too. Oh. Yeah. Yes, yes. We just love all the ones. I can't, (laughs) but I love all the (laughs) other characters on you, which is what's gotten me hooked. Kaya, what's your micro fandom? My micro fandom, I had it. 
Okay, I got it. Um, <laughs> is uh, my friend and I uh, recently played the GameCube version of Super Smash Bros. And you know what? <gasps> Super Smash Bros. still slaps, man. It's so fun. It's like that game just absolutely nailed it. Um, whichever version you play, whether it's the GameCube or the other one. But there's nothing not fun about like, hey, you know these beloved characters that you adore? They're going to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> these They're cutie gonna little buddies. Each other. They're going to kill each They're other. They're going to knock each other so far off a fucking platform. Yep. You wait oh, yeah. for it. I love Who it. Who do you play as? Uh, I mean, usually because I'm a basic B, I play Link. Okay, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Because I like his little like sword spinny thing. My hand gestures are not helpful. Um, <laughs> I did a little whoop de whoop with the yeah, thing. Um, but also because Link is a non-binary icon in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of good, lot of good characters. I love that Kirby. Still slaps. Yeah. Oh, I, I love. only pay Kirby. <gasps> Me too. Kirby or Jigglypuff. Because you can fly, Jigglypuff. and Jigglypuff makes people fall asleep. She's yeah. so cute. Yeah, anyway. love saying it away. Yeah, I actually just found out because I played this game Pikmin with my mom. We're yes. like obsessed. Oh, okay, the little and, pic- yes, guy. Yeah. I didn't realize that you can be Game and Watch. That guy. That guy. No, Game and oh, Watch no, no, is an old different one. Yeah. There's Sorry, like a little, I mean, yeah, a little sprout. It's like a little sprout. Yeah, guy. and you I know can who you're be talking about. Him. And oh, then the little guy, the you astronaut. Can be the little guy, the little astronaut. In, I didn't realize my brother was like, "Oh, hey, this is from the game you're playing with mom." And then little Pikmin come out. I don't know what colors are on there on Super Smash Bros., but I'm so excited to oh, beat my brother <laughs> by anyway, being little Pikmin guy. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's a great game. Am I going to get it for my Switch? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for being oh, here. Where can people you find you? Anything you want to plug? Oh, um, people can find me on Instagram. I have a stupid name, Hot Cold Spicy. Ugh, regret. Um, you can there. change it. I know, but all the ugh, I yeah, but such now, a lot. Now it's, it's there, thing. and it's also like I can't find any iteration of my name that makes sense. That's why I went with it because there's so many Amanda Pereras that oh, I can't find anything. Mm, right. So hot, cold, spicy. Exactly how it sounds. Um, my podcast, Liquid, Liquid Courage. You can find on Instagram, Liquid Courage Podcast, or at www.liquidcouragepodcast.com. Amazing. Uh, Until next time, everyone, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Bye. The Phantom Show. The Phantom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as web comics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.